Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemi Mooley Jr., my other host on the ones and twos, the local lovable Canuck, Zach Higgin. We're back, and uh, I still can't believe that yesterday we were sitting in the same room with Ice Cube. Yeah. And uh, continuing our tradition of bringing on big shot guests. Yeah, the biggest of them all, probably. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's a big deal. We got JJ Smoove, JJ Beats. What was the... uh, I don't remember. Suge White. Suge White. White. Jeremiah Jensen joining us in studio. Um, It's our Utah 2019 season preview. And um, who else more qualified to come in and talk about Utah than the man that was at Pac-12 Media Days in the face of KSL Sports and Sportsbeat? Mm -hmm. The Donovan Mitchell of our sports department, if you will. Absolutely. Jeremiah Jensen. Be honest. You'd rather have Ice Cube back in here. (laughs) Well, I don't know how much he'd be able to talk about Utah, but sure, yeah. <laughs> I think people would rather hear him talk about Utah than me. But we'll go we'll go ahead, we'll go forward with this anyway. <laughs> no, this will be great. We're excited. Um fo- college football's just a few weeks away. Um Fall camp starts Wednesday. Camp starts Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. It's back. Yeah, it's back. And uh they're back in the playoff groove. Oh no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> they're back. <laughs> Back in the playoff groove. <laughs> so, uh, so we just just barely had. If you missed it, we had our Utah football preview show um, today. You can catch it on kslsports.com. Plug the hype video, and you can check out a super awesome hype video. That's who made it. Some super handsome guy on the uh, sports beat staff. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Emma put it put it together. Um, um, yeah, flaunt it a little bit more. Be a peacock, Emma. I'm going to be honest. It's a lot you easier really to do a Utah hype video <laughs> because they have a lot of cool highlights. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just being objective here, uh, one of my favorite players on the team and is Bradley and I. This is the point where BYU awesome. fans tune out. <laughs> They've already tuned out. They already know we're on the Utah preview show this week. Um, but anyways, let's talk the nuts and bolts. You guys went to Hollywood. Um Got the scoop, Pac-12 Media Day. How was the trip overall? The trip was good. Um, I mean, we got to go to a Dodgers-Angels game, which is always great. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. L.A. traffic, not fun. Oh, yeah. No, it took <laughs> us, what, pass. an hour and 45 minutes to get to the Long Beach airport? No. From Hollywood to Long Beach. It was by, what, 20, 25 miles? Yeah. An hour and 45 minutes? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. We're gosh. like cutting we're like getting off the freeway, like cutting between <laughs> neighborhoods, and I'm like, Jeremiah, turn left, turn left, turn left. And he's like, what? We check, great you navigator. check your bag 35 minutes before our flight took off. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Did it make it back? Yeah, it made it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so. Delta. Of course they did. It's like $5,000 sure. worth Sports of equipment after hours <laughs> brought to you by Delta <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> Fly the friend. Oh, no, wait. What is there? Uh, you should know. know. Anyway. I don't. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> you don't know their no. slogan? <laughs> I have no idea. Delta Airlines. We sweat like crazy <laughs> on the ramp. <laughs> Anyways, um, Delta Airlines, I'm him and I go through your bags. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of your stuff is not very good. Um, don't touch the vibrating bags. That's oh, no. <laughs> story for another time. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited um, to hear Why that are we going to do the Utah football preview? Now I want to hear this story about <laughs> the vibrating bags. I inside of bags at Delta. There's some crazy stuff that we find in bags. I got stabbed in the leg once because there was like a... Like a sword in someone's car- in, oh, uh, someone's man. checked bag, they didn't have like Did you a get hepatitis B. No, I didn't. Luckily, <laughs> you 
Yeah, which, from, which letter yeah. of hepatitis did you get? And it wasn't from the sword. Yeah, uh, they, it was wrapped in like a towel. So when I when they threw the bag and it hit me, the knife like went through the bag. And it's cut like my through leg. your leg. Jeez. You're like, hey guys, this is crazy. Um, anyways, let's get back to Utah football um, quickly. St- uh, what's the big story from Pac-12 Media Day? Uh, as far as like the well, the big story to me was the Utes being picked to win it. Yeah, I think that's, that's let's start with that. I mean, first time ever they've been having this much hype, and it's well deserved. If you look sure. at the team, um, let's be honest, they got guys coming back that are all American candidates, mm-hmm. guys that could be making money in the NFL right now, and they're they're going to be starting for the Utes. So for for good reason, they had five. First team all preseason players, which mm-hmm. was more than any other team. So if you have the most players on the preseason all conference team, you're probably the most talented team, which is probably blowing everyone's mind right now. But the truth is, right now, the Utes are the most talented team in the Pac-12. I think it's crazy too because you look at what they lost. You know, yeah. Chase Hansen, um, Cody Barton, Cody Barton, and Marquise Blair, Marquise yeah. Blair, like just big, big important pieces. And they're still stacked talent-wise. Well, I think the reason why is because they, uh, I mean, yeah, they lost a lot of their offensive line. They returned uh, three guys that saw significant time, according to Zach Moss. But, I mean, we know that Utah is going to reload on defense every year. Yeah. The important thing is just having that continuity uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And they have that. They have a three-year starter in Tyler Huntley. Um he he's apparently added 25 pounds during the off season, so he's going to be more durable during the season, be mm-hmm. able to play throughout the whole season. And they bring back Zach Moss, which is by far the most important piece. And I mean, they have good backups too. It's like T.J. Green, Devin Brumfield, Devonte Henry Cole. Like they have good pieces to back him up if he's if he misses any significant time. Yeah, and it's a quarterback position. So if Tyler Huntley can't make it through another season again. You got to feel pretty confident that Jason sure. Shelley, with another year of seasoning and all the experience he had, can step in and and, and fill fill inadequately. But the thing about this team, and you often look back on teams that are really special, especially teams at Utah, they had seniors that were really really good. Mm-hmm. So you go back to two thousand eight, Brian Johnson at quarterback. It all came yeah. together for him at that moment. And you, you go through the the teams that that have done really well at Utah. They have senior leadership, and they have NFL guys, right? They have that this year. They got senior quarterback Tyler Huntley, and it kind of feels like Tyler's been through all these experiences, all these ups and downs the last couple of years with the injuries and everything else and and some inconsistent play. It just feels like once you're a senior and you've got all this stuff figured out, and yes, they are changing the offense. It's going to be a new offense coordinator, but I think it's going to be simplified for Tyler even more. It's Mm going to be even more easy for him to kind of uh, rely on his instincts and his skills. It all comes together when you're a senior and you have all that experience. And so you, he's a senior. Zach Moss is a senior. I mean, you got senior receivers and you got experienced guys. And then on defense, you got a bunch of seniors again. And Jalen Johnson's not a senior, but he's going to play like one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to the NFL next year. He's already said that. So you got all this experience and all these seniors. That's kind of when a team has something special. Well, two years ago, they were sophomores and they struggled. Well, you go through that, you go through a season like that, a six and six year, with the hope that it pays off on their seniors. The payoff is now. It's yeah. going to be this year. I think I'm, I, I'm literally shocked that so many people came back because they all had such potential. To all like, of them that were eligible play. that still had eligibility left came back, and that was that was big. Yeah, 
So I think I think you hit it right on the nail. I think this is going to be a special season. Um, interest. You picked them to go 11, 11 well, Wait, wait, oh. wait, 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 wait! Oh, sh- 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 we're going to get the breakdown <laughs> okay. at the end of the podcast. Okay. So why you? Yeah. What are we going to we break down each position then? Yeah. Let's okay. let's start with. I mean, we've talked Tyler we talked Huntley a quarterbacks. lot. Um, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, like like they said, he's added twenty five pounds. Um, we talked running backs. We talked. Well, let's go a little bit more in depth with running backs. I want to hear what Jeremiah has to say about running backs. And, okay. Um, yeah, so let's let's move on to the running backs. We have you guys exhausted everything that you have to say about the quarterback no, position? Oh yeah, no, no. I think uh, Tyler's going. You expect a special year from Tyler, and if for some reason he can't finish again, then I feel like you're confident that Jason Shelley's going to go out there and get it done too. So they have depth. At the quarterback position, well, and it's too, not just Jason, that you can trust. Drew Lisk was pushing Jason a little bit during spring football this yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, if it came to that, I think they they would they would be, you know, rely on Drew. But I, I mean, think that if you're going to win a Pac-12 yeah. championship, you're not. You're, you're, it's, you're hopefully it doesn't get to that point. Right. So they've got two guys. I think they feel like they can win at that high level. The biggest thing was just Tyler needed to get bigger. Just needed to be more durable. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. And so it seems like, you know, from it's a 65, 70% completion rate. Yeah. And he's got legs. He's quick. So it, like Kyle said, you know, he looks, if he looks b- good and put on more weight to help him stay healthier. Cool. Like that's the biggest thing. All right. Well, let's move on to the running back position. Obviously headlined by Zach Moss. Um, he's a player who, one of those guys that like Jeremiah said, could be an all American candidate, um, could be up for the Doak Walker at the end of the year. Uh, potentially, depending on how the season plays out and how other people look, he could be in the Heisman discussion. Um, but who else are we expecting big contributions from in that backfield? Well, I think you, get, you start with Devonte Henry Cole, and here's another guy that's a senior, right? Uh, well, he's a junior, actually. He's listed as a junior, so take that hmm. back. I think he got an extra year back because of his injury last year sitting out. So Devonte Henry Cole is a guy that's seen action. He's a proven commodity at running back. I've heard a lot of good things about him from from players and coaches up there. That you know, if if for some reason Zach has to has to miss some time again, or as just a, a change of pace back, I think Devonta Henry Cole is going to be in the rotation. I think you got a, a lot of guys there that have seen time that you can trust. T.J. Green has has proven himself that he can come in and he can get the job done. Uh, Devin Brumfeld as a freshman last year was really impressive. They've got a young, they got a freshman, a true freshman that came in named Jordan Wilmore who is going to be. He's the next big thing at running back for them. Oh wow! It's not going to happen this year. Sure, and it, you well, you hope it's not four star right. recruit um, by twenty four seven. Exactly. So yeah, he's going to be the guy. I think he's going to be the next thousand yard rusher at Utah. He's going to be the guy that you look at three four years later that we're talking about, like Zach Moss and yeah. like some of these other great running backs at Utah that we've talked about and seen Devonte Booker, those kind of types. It's just going to take him some time, and right now they have enough depth that they don't need to rely on a freshman, but he's going to have that kind of ability. So the fact that you've got a freshman that's that good that's not going to sniff the field this year because you've got so many of these other guys that are good, um, that's a good sign for their running back position. It's going to be cool because, like, Zach Moss even said that they're with the new offense they're going to go to more of, like, a pro style, which means more carries. It's going to be great. And so – I I I can see these guys all rotating, but Zach Moss is going to do most of the heavy lifting, and he's going to get 
more carries, which means more yards, which means more production, and it's going to be Yeah, awesome. there'll be like 30 to 35 carries a game. Yeah. I'm guessing Zach gets 20 to 25. Huntley will get five of them, and then the other five will probably go to some other guys filling in or mm-hmm. something. You're, you're going to see some of these guys catching balls out of the backfield, too. I mean, I look at Devonta Henry Cole. That's the kind of guy you can throw a swing pass to, yeah. get him out in the open field, and let him do his thing. So there's a lot of versatility in that running back uh, position as well. Yeah, it's pretty crazy just looking back over the last few years, all the talent that Utah's been able to put together – um, and the running back in the backfield, you go like you said, Devonte Booker, Joe Williams, Zach Moss, Armand Shine, Armand Shine, yeah, John we, White the fourth, John White yeah. the fourth, yeah. Great um, going back. back to like 2011, um, we were talking last week about San Diego State and all the success that they've had as a Mountain West a G5 school at the running back position. But like Utah has been consistently pumping out really great players, and um, yeah, TJ Green, I really liked what I saw from him last year, and then. Jordan Wilmore. I'm excited to see what he's able to do eventually, but this year it's it's Zach Moss. It's it's the Zach attack. It's got to be Zach. Zach's got to yeah. be Zach's got to be if he could rush for 1500 yards this year and 20 touchdowns. He could have that kind of a year. Yeah. Let's move on to the uh, wide receiver position. It's a position group that um a little bit deeper than uh they're young, but they're a little bit deeper with in terms of experience that they have had. They have some really good playmakers and guys like Britton Covey, Jalen Dixon, uh, Solomon Enos, Samson Nakua, uh, Damari Simpkins. Um, I'm really excited for this position group um, and seeing what they're going to be able to do this year. I'm kind of bummed because it seemed like Britton won't be ready for the first part of the season. Yeah, it's um, not a it's not a for sure thing. He's not like, oh, oh yeah, sure. no, I'll definitely be. I mean, even from his own mouth, he's like, you know what? We'll have to see. I'm, I have good days right. and bad days, so... He'll but, definitely play this season. He's right. going to be ready for the opener. Yeah. It's kind of 50-50. If your goal is a Pac-12 championship, you don't want to risk no, it's not rushing him it. back too early. Yeah, right. it, it, yeah. As much as I'm sure that they should be able to handle BYU without Britton Covey. Yeah. And, you know, with with the rest of these receivers, Solomon Enos did great last year. Um, Jalen Dixon. Jalen Dixon. He, he was absolutely. Awesome. He, um, he had a connection with him and, uh, and, and Jason Shelley were teammates in high school, so it was no coincidence that once Jason Shelley took over a quarterback, that all of a sudden Jalen Dixon emerges as a as a threat. Uh, yeah. And you know now Jalen's going to have to find a way to con- have that kind of connection with Tyler Huntley. But he proved himself last year that he can get it done. Yeah, they'll be able to share the load. I think it'll be fine. Um, Brandon Covey will be missed, especially on special teams. But you know, don't rush that. End of the season is probably the most important part. Um, looking at this squad right now. Um, anything else you want to add on? No, I think the, I, there's a lot of confidence. I think they have a lot of confidence in Samson Nakua. Do you think he's going to have a breakout season this year? <sighs> he needs to. It's, I don't know. I think you can expect the same kind of stuff that you've seen from him last year. And maybe a few more catches, and uh, we'll see how the offense goes. I, I just, I'm, I don't know what, how this offense is going to look, and I don't yeah, know how many yeah, passes they're going to throw. True. So it's kind of hard to say. Um, you know, how much do they, do they take a lot of shots deep? Do they, you know, how, I don't know. Um, but he's certainly capable. Um, Damari Simpkins is a senior, so you expect some things from him, and obviously he has a connection with, with Tyler Huntley. But there's some other guys that I think could emerge. Um, Brian Thompson is an athletic freak. You saw a little bit of what he could do in spring. He had an amazing catch in the, in the spring game, and Britton Covey raves about him. Another guy that's new that you need to keep an eye on, and this is according to Britton Covey, is Devon Vele. Out of San Diego, California. He's going to be a freshman. He's tall. 6'4", 207 pounds. And this is a guy that could see action as a true freshman. This is somebody to 
to look out for. He was a walk-on that joined the team in the 2009 spring semester, but they like him a lot. And this is a guy that they might throw out there and might get some time. They have they have depth at the wide receiver position. Now, what they need at the wide receiver position is a star. Yeah. That's what we don't know. Who's going to emerge as a star go-to guy? It could be a breakout year for Solomon Enos. Yeah. He's a guy that has that kind of potential. But we just don't know. The and it could be Samson. It could be any of these guys. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to step up and be a go-to guy and be a star that they can count on at the receiver position. They need somebody to get more than 400 yards of receiving in the year. They need guys to get double-digit touchdowns, something like that. Yeah. And maybe, you know what? And we, we I guess this is a nice segue into the tight ends, but maybe that's a tight end. Maybe it has to be sure. a tight end yeah. that has that kind of production. We don't know. Well, and they have a guy that is kind of expected to do big things, sophomore Cole Fotheringham. Uh, kind of broke out a little bit um, during his freshman year. Was a go-to guy uh, for both Shelley and Huntley, and was able to do really big things after coming back from his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, he should carry the workload there, and you know, going with a pro-style offense, it only makes sense to um, do that with a, a talent like him at tight end. So you have two guys at the tight end position that are going to be excellent wide receiver targets. Cole Fotheringham, I think, is going to be. Really good this year. And Brant Keithy proved last year that he could be yeah. an excellent receiver at the tight end position. You're going to see some two tight end sets Cool from from this offense, from Andy Ludwig. He's going to run a lot of two tight end sets. You're going to see these guys. He's going to use some of these guys as blockers, too. Yeah. Um, some of these, some of the, they have some depth at the tight end position. I haven't seen this many tight ends on the roster in a while. What do we have, five or six on there? So it's interesting. I think that, and that's by design. I think that uh, Andy Ludwig is going to want to run some of those two tight end sets, get some guys in there blocking, maybe kind of like a, I'm trying to think of an example of, you know, the back in the day when Ludwig was there the first time, they had guys that played the tight end position that were more blockers than receivers. Right, right. So you're going to see some more of that kind of stuff. Hopefully, like, with, like, a 12 personnel, like, because Tyler Huntley's so kind of elusive and quick, yeah. I mean, it would be really nice to see them the two tight ends go out on routes, mm-hmm. maybe quick slants or whatever, get the ball a lot more. Like you said, I think those could be the targets. Again, we haven't seen the offense, so we don't really know. But It, it is kind of interesting just in the composition. There's some similarities with what we talked about last week with BYU and Utah because their main threats receiving-wise are going to be tight ends. They both have like one guy that's like a senior that you know hasn't really broken out yet um, and then a lot of young talent, but... Yeah, I like this tight end group for Utah, and I, I, I think that, you know, if if all else fails, like uh, Tyler Huntley has two really good targets to go through in uh, Keithy and uh, Fotheringham. But let's move on to uh, the offensive line, the trenches. Um, some new faces in there because they, they had four guys leave that were in, in the regular rotation, three or four guys. Yeah, so if you look back, so uh, Jordan Agassiva – um, Jackson Barton, obviously, who was terrific, who got drafted by the Colts. And then um, Lofalamaka, who right now is in camp with the Cleveland Browns. So that was three guys that were really starters on that offensive line that they have to replace. So that's a big question mark for the Utah offense. And I asked Kyle Whittingham, if there's a question mark on offense, what is it? And he didn't hesitate. It's offensive line. That doesn't mean that they don't have confidence in the offensive line. That doesn't yeah. mean that they don't think they have the guys. They just don't know yet. And Kyle Whittingham trusts that Jim Harding, the offensive line coach, is going to get this group ready 
and they're going to be ready to go. But the question is, who are these guys and which which guys can they count on? Darren Paulo, second team all conference. He's a returning veteran that I think they they, they can really can, can be the anchor of that group. Mm. Nick Ford was really impressive last year. Obviously had some ups and downs playing as a freshman, but yeah. I think the expectations are pretty high for him now as a sophomore. And we'll see kind of how it plays out. Um, there's a lot of guys in that rotation. Unfortunately, Keaton Bills will not be playing this year. Uh, he's had an ACL. So he, he's, I'm a, surprised he's a star. He moved to offensive line. He was a great defensive lineman at Corner Canyon. Yeah, so he's going to play offensive line at Utah. They, I mean, look, he's 305. Was 6'4, 305. <laughs> and he's, and he's, a off, he's, he's an athletic freak. Yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not 305 fat. Sure. No. He, he was like, I, re- I remember when he's he was being recruited, gross. he was like the in-state guy that was like mm-hmm. the prize diamond in the rough between BYU and Utah, and it came yep. down to that final decision, that final weekend, and Utah was able to sway him um, their way, and having him on the offensive line at guard is what it looks like he was playing in the spring. It's going to be nice in a couple of years to have a, a really good athlete that's going to be able to... Um, do a lot of pulling guard action and stuff oh, like yeah. that, but guards that can move and you have a running back core like that Utah traditionally has, it's going to be dangerous for sure. Let's go to the other side of the trenches, the defensive line. They reload every single year. What do we expect out of this group? They're headlined by Domination. Lucky Foto and Bradley Domination. and I. Yeah, <laughs> that front four is going to be awesome. They have uh, Max Mika Tafua, Max Tupai. I mean, these names are like big names that like people knew all throughout recruiting. And, you know, they've lived up to the hype, just like pretty much every other Utah defensive lineman. Like, they <laughs> come in yeah. and they just live up to the hype. Yeah, it's true. Um, the, John Ten- Penasini, Pita Tonga, like... You, you can't expect anything less from these guys. They're going to dominate, and um, I think if if you're, like, slightly shocked that Utah has picked to, to to win the Pac-12, you just look at the D-line and then you're like, oh, yeah. Makes sense. How is how are teams going to score against the Utes? Right, it, it's it's a lot to ask. You know, I asked Kyle Whittingham what's what's the question mark on defense. <laughs> he laughed at me basically. That's a good question. <laughs> I I say, we don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he pointed out, you know, and not to get ahead of ourselves, you know, he he pointed to the linebackers as a question, but he believes he has an answer there. But it starts with that defensive line. Always does at Utah, but this year. With Lecky Fotu and Bradley Knight coming back as seniors, yeah. wow, that's crazy! And so you're bringing guys like Peter Tonga, and may not even start. Peter Tonga would start for any other any Pac-12 other team. team. Yeah, um, he'd be a star at, at BYU if he went to BYU. But he's he's in the rotation, but he's not a starter. Yeah. Uh, you look at the uh, the defensive end position, uh, Mika Tafu and Max Tupai. Who's going to win that battle? And it doesn't really matter because they're going to rotate those guys in. Yeah. Stay fresh. So you're wearing down these offensive lines all game, and you're able to bring in when you're too deep a guy that's fresh that's just as good as the guy he replaced. And that offensive lineman that's gas has got to try to figure out a way to stop this guy that's coming off the bench with all this energy. It's such a huge advantage for Utah to have this much depth at the defensive line position, and that's why they win the battle in the trenches, game in and game out, and that gives them a chance to win. Now you got to have an offense to score points to keep up with the other team. But the the they have the the guys in the trenches that can win it for you game in and game out, and they have that confidence, and that allows guys at the other position that we're about to get to to do their thing with confidence. That's the thing is like from an offense perspective is like you you recognize that the starters okay they'll have to rotate sometime, and when they do, you run at that that second string guy. 
But like you said with Mika Tafu and like uh, Max Tupai, it doesn't matter who's in. Mm-hmm. It's just as difficult to run through them. So, well, and the thing that was funny about Pac-12 Media Days, when Jeremiah would ask these players about, hey, what do you think of Utah? Like, describe Utah. And all these offensive players are just like, oh my gosh, they're so physical. Like, yeah. they are so good up front. Like, they hit so hard. Like, they're so tough to play. And it's all because of that defensive line, that front four, um, and the penetration they're able to get, the the um, the physicality that they have in the trenches is just unmatched by any team um, in the Pac-12 aside from maybe Washington. But, um, yeah, I, I'm expecting really big things out of Bradley and I. He, we asked him, is he the best defensive end, the best pass rusher in the Pac-12? He said yes, and so um, I expect him to back that up with this play this season. Yeah, I definitely expect him to up his numbers, even though last year he had a great Led the league in sacks last year. Yeah, yeah. It, it's he should he, be playing in the NFL. That's right what now. I'm saying. It's like he should have gone to the and league. So and should have been a high pick. Too. But they come back and it's just like you know you got NFL guys that are going to play guys college. Six five three thirty. Yeah, in the middle that's anchoring that defensive line. I mean, yeah, dude. it's going to be so tough for any offensive line to handle, except for our mullet man Liam Ryan over at Washington <laughs> State. Mullet he, power. He can handle anything. <laughs> Just hope he um, plays in his sunglasses. That'd be cool. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, the linebacker position, Kyle jokingly said that, hey, I guess if I have a question mark, it would be the linebacker position, but not really because, yeah, you lose um, Cody Barton, you lose Chase Hansen, who I think Chase Hansen is one of the best athletes to come through that program in the last decade, maybe in the Pac-12 era. Um, but you have Francis Bernard, who I was just telling him, actually, I think he's going to have a Cody Barton-type season, a he guy should. that should fly under the radar, but will probably yeah. end up being drafted by the end of the season. Manny Bowen comes in as a grad transfer from Penn State. Um, Devin Lloyd was a name that Kyle mentioned. And Sione Lund, who um, comes over as a transfer from Stanford, one of the biggest prize recruits out of uh, the state of Utah, um, his his senior class out of Brighton High School. Um, so, yeah, I... I don't really see much of a drop off at this linebacker position. No, yeah. and with with them playing nickel, you're only going to rely on two guys at a time, and so you just mentioned a nice two deep rotation that they can have at that position. So, um, as long as those starters um, and and the guys in that rotation are up to the task, again, we're talking about seniors, right? Francis Bernard, sure. senior. Manny Bowen's a guy that's a senior. You you got seniors at that position, so you got to feel pretty comfortable about that. And and Devin Lloyd, a sophomore. He's not your typical sophomore. He's a pretty darn good player. So they feel pretty confident that those guys are going to come come up. And you got to find some position there that's the weakest link. I guess it's linebacker, guess. but it's because right. the defensive line and the defensive backs are so good. The thing is, like the the linebackers will be fine because, like from a defensive perspective, you want to get the offensive linemen off your linebackers. And we already talked about the defensive line. Who's gonna? come off of the defensive line to get to the second level. Probably nobody. Right. And so you're going to have Francis Bernard flying around free reign, sideline to sideline. It's going to be dangerous, especially for the linebacker um, position there. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting really big things out of that tandem of Bernard and Bowen. Um, Now let's get back to uh, keep going with the defense. The defensive back position, um, for as highly as we speak of the defensive line, you could speak just as highly about the DBs. Yeah. Has there been a better defensive back core in the history of Utah? Oh, boy. I mean, I'm not prepared to answer that question. Well, I mean, I mean when they had Marcus Williams, he was 
pretty darn good. Marcus sure. Williams. I'm trying to think of who the cornerbacks were when during Marcus Williams' time at at, at the safety position. Um, you know, Eric Rowe was terrific, and I'm trying to think of the corners then. I think the combination of corners and safeties it might it, it might be up there. It's very strong here. I mean, it just Jalen Johnson is a shutdown corner. He's he's potentially a first round NFL draft pick. Yeah. He's that good. Julian Blackman's an NFL safety, and they're sliding him to safety like so they can get him on the field. He's like one of the most athletic guys on the. Yeah, defense. and they, they, the reason they're doing this is because they trust Tyreek Lewis on the other side. Yeah, as a cornerback that maybe we haven't heard a lot about, but the fact that they trust him tells you a lot that they're willing to do this. And then we we need to mention a guy that gets lost in the shuffle sometimes because of that that nickel that nickel back often does but javelin gidry oh yeah is terrific as well yeah he is so think about that and you know that they feel really confident terrell burgess is a senior that you're plugging into that other safety spot and they like some of the guys they got behind him uh it's just they're loaded there and uh there's not there's not a weak link there um and so you got experience and talent combined in that backfield it's going to be tough to throw on the utes yeah, and not only that, um, I don't believe you mentioned the name. Nephi Sewell comes over as yes. a, he's a grad transfer, I believe, from Nevada. Um, got stolen from BYU, kind of a surprise. Like, he announces he's committed to BYU, and then just radio silence, and then all of a sudden he shows up enrolled as a student at Utah, and all these Utah fans are just thrilled because... Uh, you know, he has a brother who's kind of a big recruit. That uh, <laughs> you know, maybe he's going to have some sway to see. Hey where Noah, he you want to come play with your brother Nephi? <laughs> Never mind the Panays in Oregon. Come play with Nephi at Utah. I mean, Noah's going to have his choice of anywhere to go. I mean, he has like LSU and Alabama like offering him. But yeah. you know, in recruiting, you try anything that you can. You try anything Dude, that you can in any sport. I mean, like just thinking about when uh, the Jazz brought in. Um, Tobias Harris's little brother or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Was. <laughs> well, it's they like, share the agent, and it's like, yeah. hey, we can have conversations and kind of show, right? Even though, yeah, <laughs> little uh, off season. Well, here's a little shit. nugget for you guys, and this this might hurt some Utah fans to know this, but uh, Utes could have had all the Sewell brothers. Wow! Wow! I did not know that they didn't offer the two oldest ones. Wow! Had they brought all the? I mean, so, though, uh, Gabe is at Nevada, finishing up at Nevada. And I Nephi, think he, Nephi he's followed. trying to transfer too, isn't he? Yeah, I think he was in the transfer portal, but I think he's still he's, okay. I think he's gonna. I think he's still there. You could check on that. But either way, had they offered Gabe and Nephi, Panay would be at Utah. Absolutely. And then no, that I I know that I was told by their high school coach. Wow. It would have been a, it would have been a done deal, but they didn't. So Panay wanted to play with his brothers, but he's not going to Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. So in comes Oregon and. How do you turn that down? That's so, true. and he's one of the best tackles in in the uh, Pac-12. And yes, he we is. talked to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was like, "Dude, when you have a guy like him blocking for yeah. you, like he's like, dude he's can a beast. Move. Yeah, dude can move. Yeah, like when I'm going to be getting NFL paychecks, like <laughs> it's because of him. Yeah. You know, um, that's but, insane. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's you know, water under the bridge. There's at this a lot point. of who could, yeah, who, <laughs> but, what could have been kind it, of thing. It could have happened. That's crazy. Yeah, Utah fans are like. Darn you, Jeremiah. <laughs> um, but uh, for uh, that question that we asked earlier about, as far as a talented defensive back group, I pulled up the 2006 roster. Uh, that's Marcus Williams' junior year. Um, you have Reggie Porter, uh, Booby Hobbs, Domo Hatfield. Chase Hansen was back at safety yeah. at uh, that time. It's a good group. Um, 
There was one more. Julian Blackman was a freshman at that time. So that's a pretty good group. Uh, Julian played as a freshman. Domo is is an NFL guy. So yeah, yeah, there was NFL guys in that group. So that's a that's a pretty good pretty comparable comp. But yeah, this this group is definitely up there, especially when it's anchored um, by uh, Jalen Johnson. I mean, he's just he's so talented. He's so talented, and um, he's one of the best guys to come through the state uh, as an athlete in the last several years. And Utah's had a lot of really good players. Um, Let's move on to uh, our predictions for the schedule, though. Okay. I'm almost spoiled what Jeremiah's picks are. Um, <laughs> our, our, our very loyal we're listeners We're going to go game by game, though. We're going to go game by game and kind of make cases for why we believe what we believe. Uh, open up with BYU. It's a big W. You, BYU's going to take a fat L, nine in a row, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> and I, I picked BYU to win. But... You picked BYU to win? Yeah, in the last two pods. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I thought... Okay, well, congratulations. Look, crazy I'm things happen in the rivalry. Crazy things do happen it's in the rivalry. It's an insane rivalry. No, I, and, and, and I, I think BYU's got a chance to beat Utah in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not yeah. happening this year. I just don't see it. I don't see it. With both teams healthy, coming in that first game, Utah is on a mission this year, and this is a special team, and I just don't think BYU can match Utah's talent. Throw out that – I know what happened last year. Throw that out. Yeah. Both teams had a ton of injuries. It was a weird game. This year's going to be a different, and I just don't see it. I just don't. The Utah team is special, and it will be a tough task, but that's what I picked in the past. And I'm hey, stick we've seen it. weird stuff happen in the rivalry. Weird stuff. All right, number two coming up after BYU. Northern Illinois. NIU. Kind of a tough game last year a for weird Utah. Game, a for really sure. really weird game. Yeah. Chase Hansen really helps out there, uh, but the I'm taking a win struggled. there. Yeah, They've, they're they're gonna win there. They're gonna crush Northern Illinois. It's there. an 11 a.m. Mountain Time start. It's kind of a weird. 11 a.m. Weird start. Not looking forward to having to cover that. Somebody's going to have to go up and shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants brunch? Breakfast at Rice Eccles. <laughs> Breakfast. <laughs> uh, I think I'm actually going to be uh, on the road for Tennessee, so Matt, Hema. Yep. Uh, you guys can have fun flipping a coin for that. It'll probably be me. <laughs> <laughs> I shot most of Utah's games last year, so. Whatever. Our unofficial Utah photog. <laughs> you guys both taking wins there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Idaho State, yeah, win. For sure. Uh, USC. Was Clay Helton going to be the head coach at USC at that point? Uh, If they don't win their first three games, which is a possibility, (laughs) then he might not be. Yeah. They got a tough schedule, and and all of a sudden they got to turn around and play Utah game four. They got Fresno State. I mean, I want to pull up. Keep talking while I pull up USC's schedule. But this is. I mean, the history, USC versus Utah, just it's, it's classically been a good tough game but so, just last year it was just so you Utah got just Fresno ruled. State Stanford their Pac-12 opener second game wow. right out of the gate and then they go on the road to play BYU and I've picked BYU to beat USC mm-hmm. and I got a lot of you know I got Utah fans saying oh come on ridiculous <laughs> well yeah USC's got talent but it's the third game of the year. if they come off a loss to Stanford yeah. to open Pac-12 play which I I believe I think that's going to happen Fresno State could take USC. Like, yes, it will. Yes, it game will. one. So I'm guessing USC's at the best going one and one into the BYU game. And what's that team feeling at that point? They just lost their first Pac-12 game. Right. And how do they handle that after all the struggles they had last year, going five and seven? And then if they are able to survive BYU, you got to you got to play Utah on a Friday. Short schedule. Short yeah. week. Um, yeah. I like Utah in that game. Yep. I know it's on the road. I know it's a Coliseum, but I like Utah. Yeah, I, I take Utah there as well. Um, Washington State. 
That's I where, think this is the first loss that Utah takes on the schedule. It's just I know it's at Rice Eccles Stadium, but you know Mike Leach just for some reason has had Utah's number since he uh, started coaching there and since they joined the Pac-12. And um, I know that they lost Gardner Minshew, but they just reloaded the quarterback position every year. And uh, Lehigh, former Lehigh quarterback Cameron Cooper, yeah. could potentially be quarterbacking the uh, the Cougars uh, in that game, but. Um, yeah, I, I just I think Washington State's going to be able to get it done. Interesting. I think I think I think Utah beats Washington State, despite Mike Leach is packed with the devil to <laughs> win as a win, BYU beat grad. So many, <laughs> beat so many Pac-12 teams, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think coming into Utah's house, they get the W. I'm really high on Washington State. I think they're a dark horse to win the North. Mm-hmm. They did last year. I mean, well, they almost did last year. They blew it at the end against Washington. Yeah. But they were right in the mix. They finished tenth in the country last year. If they if they find if they plug a quarterback into their system, and he and he's and he's consistent and accurate, they're they're going to be right there in the mix again. But I think Utah remembers that game last year. That was a heartbreaking loss for those guys up there. Julian Blackman has nightmares about that game. Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss have nightmares about that game. They're not going to lose this game. They're going to they're going to take it to Washington State at home. They're on a four-game losing streak to the Cougars, so yeah. hopefully, I would love to see them um, break that streak, get the first one since 2012. But um, personally, I'm not seeing it. But they have a great chance to bounce back the next week at Oregon State. Um, it's a nice rest week for them. <laughs> now, bye week, October 12th. <laughs> Actually, they have a bye week in between Washington State and Oregon State. Oh, oh so double bye. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that may be too long of a break. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Well, especially when they have Arizona State the next week. Um, Another yeah. team that they've struggled with historically, yeah. and yep. like Herm Edwards, when we were interviewing him, he's just, um, he's just, <laughs> he's just like the best. Like he's a great speaker, but he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> like I walked away from that interview, and I was like, "Wow, that was a great interview." I was just like, mm. and I thought about it, and I was just like, he didn't say anything. Yeah, but I feel really pumped up right now. Like I, I want to go run through a brick wall. He's a great guy, and I yeah. totally get why people would love to play for him. But you're right; like he gave us absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely his hiring is. <laughs> I, I think is just a big uh, recruiting move. Like it's people, working. Talk, yeah. People talking to him, you you instantly buy in. But yeah, I cut his sound yesterday, and I was like, what? Nothing happened. Like, he didn't, <laughs> what? And so, anyways. Yeah, that's going to be a tough game. What did you pick? Did you guys already pick between? I'm going to pick a win. It's going to be a close one. I got a W at home. I think. Yeah. yeah this team. This team again. It's it, it's like payback for this team. Like like the Harper. Like Tyler Huntley got hurt against Arizona State yeah. last year. Yeah. And that was Zach Moss's last game. That was a really tough loss for Utah yeah. last year. Arizona comes. Arizona State comes back here. They'll, like Utah. I, I guarantee you, these guys have their retribution list. Sure. Mm-hmm. All they these remember. teams they want to pay back and they want to beat. And they'll be highly motivated to beat Arizona State at home. And you know, Eno Ben Benjamin said, that. "Eno, yeah, Eno, yeah." He, dude, he was like, "Yeah, Utah's tough." Well, and Nikhil uh, Harry, um, he's not there this year, and so he was the one sure. who just killed, ran all over the place. Yeah, Utah he's last year, even though he was like injured, he he left the game at a point because he was he was injured, and he still was just catching every single ball. And just yeah. I remember I was listening to uh, ESPN seven hundred, um, well, sorry, the Utah broadcast on my way in, and. Uh, <laughs> The uh, like every single time Bill Riley is just like ah, they kill Harry, 
Oh my gosh, you know, like <laughs> checking <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, but the next week after that, this is actually a game that I think this is going to be a dark horse game. California, interesting. The Cal Golden Bears. I like what Justin Wilcox is doing with that program. They're they've completely changed the focus from being like an offensive minded, spread it out team to they're like a hard nosed defensive team that um, wants to come out and compete. And I like what what we saw last year from them. I don't think that they're gonna they're not gonna beat Utah this year, but it's gonna be a tough game. Um, that I mean they have they have back to back tough home games um, with this being the second game. Cal is Washington light. Mm-hmm. That's they are they're they're almost a mirror of Washington. Obviously, yeah. Wilcox having experience yeah. Yeah. under, he, under he coached with Chris Peterson under Chris Peterson, and he's brought a lot of that stuff. And I think that they mirror each other very much. I think I'm going to pick Utah, but I want to see how Cal does the first two games of the season. Yeah, see what the monster looks like. Yep. Before I maybe change my mind, I'm still going Utes. I like it. I like these choices, guys. So what am I at? Week, am I at seven and zero right now? Or what's the? Where, how many games have we gone through here? Seven. Isn't it no. seven? Like seven and zero? Yeah, we're at seven. Well, eight, eight and eight. eight no. no. So I've got I got the Utes going point, eight no into point, Washington. Are, Holy crap! Are, I, at this point, are they ranked? Oh, and top where five. Are they ranked? Sorry, where are they ranked? Top five. Top five. They're gonna start the year fifteenth. Do we have? Do we see college game day come here at some point? Uh, what game would it be? I, I think the problem is that I don't think that the home matchup is. A, look at the home games they have, and what home yeah. game there is the attractive matchup to bring in Washington State game day. Maybe uh, could be. We'll see what Washington State does. Still early in the yeah. The, the season. Hard to say. The Washington game. I could see game day going to Seattle for that one because oh, that's sure. going to be that, that. That could be two top five teams. Yeah, yeah, two top five teams. That's the next game after California. Um, sorry, I wanted to kind of let this breathe Segway. a little bit because this sure. is the big game that it Utah's going to have circled on on their uh, calendar this year. It's not BYU to open up the season. Well, and Washington's going to have this circle too. Yeah, I mean. Washington's going to have this circled. Like they played twice last year. Um, both of them were like really like tough, grinded out games. I know that first game Washington won by a little bit more, but it was still a really tough, hard fought game. Marquise Blair getting ejected was kind of the game changer there. Do you guys see Utah? Um, beating Washington uh, on the road. No. Yeah, no. Um, it's just that's just the one team that just seems to be. You know, we've had that's going to be close. It's going to be a grinder, but I just for it's just been tough to get a win over Washington. It hasn't happened very often, um, and I don't see it happening this time around. Washington. So let's say Washington has a bye before this game as well. Keep oh, that in mind. Okay. And Washington will be coming off of the Oregon game. And that Washington-Oregon game might be the difference in the North. Um, I think Oregon actually wins that game, although it's in Seattle. But um, we might be overrating Oregon, by the way. I'm a little worried <laughs> about my prediction that Oregon. Washington is just solid. But Washington has only got two defensive starters back. So we might sure. be overrating Washington, too. And they don't have a quarterback. Like, there's, there's I, a I lot think of Jacob Eason, there. if he ends up winning that Eason's, job, he's going to be Eason's an upgrade yeah. over. It's not like yeah, it's not like they're turning to a, uh, an inexperienced freshman. Eason should have been the guy at, at Georgia if he didn't get hurt. I mean, this is yeah. a big time quarterback yeah. that they're bringing in. They're gonna. I mean, they got talent. I, sure, yeah, I'm not yeah. worried about Washington. I think they're going to be great. It's just it's it's fair to say okay, two starters returning on defense. You losing your quarterback and you're starting running back. 
Okay, who's st- who's stepping up? The thing about watching Pukunakua, Pukunakua. <laughs> hey, Pukunakua Jones. Play. It's yeah. going to be fun to Ty see Jones those guys yeah. with uh, local ties here matching up against Jalen Johnson, Javelin Gage. Oh yeah, yeah. it's going to be sweet. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. I'm going to take a win. Oh Ooh. wow! Okay, I, they don't beat the Washington State, Seattle. but I think that you know what? I think Kyle is really going to have this game. Like this team, laser focused on this game. Um, after that Cal game. I mean, they're going to take it one game at a time. And I'm just expecting that with all the talent that Utah has, I think that they're going to be able to beat Washington. All right. I have it as an L, actually. So, I interesting. Did, I picked an L, too. Okay. I, I'm the believer here. I'm the lone <laughs> believer. I know you guys thought I was crazy with Washington State. Well, I'm even crazier with Washington. Uh, let's move on to UCLA. Returning back to Rice-Eccles. Um, second to last home game of the year. Uh, do you guys see Chip Kelly doing anything special this year in uh, in Pasadena? Love Josh Kelly, the running back. Oh, yeah. I don't love anything else about UCLA yet. No. I think they're going to get there, but not this year. I think Utah rolls. I would really like to see Josh Kelly get like over 100 yards, maybe 150. It would be nice to see him run. It was like 300 yards. Defense. This, the reason but, we're saying this is because Josh Kelly was possibly the best person that we interviewed. So down to earth, so humble, so gracious, just for yeah. the opportunity to be at Pac-12 Media Day because he got his start at UC Davis, an FCS school. Yeah, and it was kind of funny to see him and Jeremiah speak after the interview and about the Big Sky. Yeah, we, talk, we talked sky. FCS football. Yeah. We <laughs> talked about Miles Killebrew. Like, yeah, uh, obviously made it in the league, and he's a big name now with the Lions, but. Like, not many people knew who he was in 2014 when he was playing at Southern Utah. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying, I like Josh Kelly, and I, you know, I love running backs, and so he deserves to have the spotlight shine on him by running against top five defense in the nation. I just don't think he has the offensive line to give him the holes, yeah. Yeah, especially but even against if, that defensive front. But if he doesn't, that's a talented running back. Yeah. He is talented, yeah. Being left on an island in the backfield. Um, they won't be able to run, and their quarterback's not good enough to carry it. Yeah. through the air just not yet they'll still get an l like i think utah's gonna win that one yeah but, uh i hope he shows out for the league at least so yeah. we all pick we all pick the youths against ucla i'm guessing we're all gonna pick them against arizona this is this is a scary game okay this is the one like they always have two that years game ago late Tyler in november yes they're going down to arizona arizona's got some talent jj yeah. taylor khalil tate good players it's one of those games that scares me. Not enough this year. I think Utah goes down there and gets a win, but that's a that's one of those games that in November that's going to lurk out there. Like, imagine they're like undefeated, and they go down and lose at Arizona. That's the kind of stuff that could happen. That's true. And it's like this Kevin Sumlin's a really good coach. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the Pac-12. It's probably going to be like a, a like a nine o'clock. Oh, kick for sure. Off, yeah. like, you know, like yeah. Pac-12 after dark, playing yeah. on ESPN2 or something like that. Like Double overtime kind double of game. Double overtime yeah. game. Yeah, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a tough, grinded-out game that, you know, I think Utah would get the win here. But um, see, I, it, it's crazy going through all these teams because Utah is the clear favorite to win the South when you look at, like, all these teams. Right. But game by game, you know, it's a hard choice, especially with a lot of the coaching talent that's in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. We don't know injuries at this point. It's hard to say True. what's going to happen yeah, on November 23rd. Maybe Khalil Tate and J.D. Taylor aren't playing anymore. I don't yeah. know. But just right now on paper, that's kind of tough. I, I, that's one of those games I circle. is like, ooh, that's 
Late in the season, that could be a tough one. That's true. It feels but like Khalil Tate's been at Arizona longer than Taysom Hill was at BYU. <laughs> He's been <laughs> like tenth six year. years, yeah. He's a professor now. <laughs> um, Doctor no. Tate. Dr. Tate. <laughs> I I, just, I think Utah's going to win. I just think yeah. you know their defense last year destroyed Arizona, and so I can't expect anything less from them this year. Yeah, then as long as Zach Moss is healthy, like a big chunk of that hype video that you put together was like Zach Moss just like <laughs> running over defensive linemen yeah. at the goal line for Arizona. Um, Colorado, the final home game of the uh, of the year, final game of the season for the regular season. Um, the Rumble in the Rockies, the true rivalry, <laughs> Utah's true rival. Um, I'm taking a win here. The mighty Buffaloes. The mighty Buffs. Oh, gosh. First year for their head coach, who, who, who seems great. I think you know, Mel Tucker's going to turn things around there eventually. But transition year, LaVisca Chanel is a real deal, but I don't buy anything else on that roster right now. Utah's going to steamroll Colorado. Yeah. If we have Sam Farnsworth in here, is he making a case for Colorado as like a competitive <laughs> game for Utah? <laughs> Inside joke. Inside joke. I don't know. Utah's, we all know. And Maybe they could have Isaiah Thomas on the outside. I don't know. Yeah, if they start Isaiah Thomas, the quarterback, I think they, I think they, could, they got a good shot. Yeah, no, they're going to get murdered. Colorado's going to get destroyed. So, Okay. Uh, so I have Utah at 11-1. You have an 11-1. I have them at 10-2. 10-2. Okay. What were your two losses that you had? Washington and? Washington and BYU. Oh. Right. That's right. right. So you have BYU ruining their chance at making <laughs> making the bowl. Or the, the college football, the college football playoffs. playoff. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that that would probably be, forget 1990, forget the 1984 right. national championship. That, should that be would the be the greatest moment in BYU football history. <laughs> would be hang the banner just that ruining says it for ruining Utah. the best Utah team's year ever. No. Keeping them out of the college football playoff, that would just be the latest crazy thing in the rivalry. You, you have Oregon, Oregon making board. the Pac-12 championship I'm game I'm picking against... Oregon and I'm sitting here talking about it and I'm like ah, it's going to be that Oregon-Washington game is going to come down to that and it's in Seattle but I do like Oregon to play Utah in the Pac-12 championship game and I like the matchup for the Utes. Herbert's great but I just think right now that the Utes have more talent than Oregon um, and defensively I don't think Oregon's going to be able to stop Utah's offense which sounds weird but I think that Utah's defense is going to be the difference in that game. I think they can get at Herbert. Um, I think they can pick him off a couple times, and I think that's going to be – I think, as they say, defense wins championships. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the case this time, and Utah will win their first Pac-12 championship. Who do you have them playing in the Pac-12 championship? (sighs) Oregon, Washington. Stanford. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be Stanford. (laughs) Homer. No, it'll probably be Washington, I think. Um, Oregon is good. I don't know. I just feel like Washington's just – they find a way to be. It's at the comfortable top. to say Washington, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's just hard That's to imagine it. them not. I mean, Chris winning Peterson it. is just such a great coach, and I think Jacob Eason's gonna he, he's gonna be more productive uh this year than what they had at quarterback last year. So yeah. So I'm gonna say Washington Utah in the Pac twelve championship. Okay, and you have him winning that game? Mm. You haven't won in the Pac twelve championship? I don't know. If it's Washington, uh let's just say yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to take it to um, 11 and 12 and 1, sorry, is what I have the Utes at. Uh, on the way to the college football playoff, maybe uh, we're taking a trip to – what are the two college football playoff games this year? I'd have to look uh, that up. We might yeah, have to worry about that. It's, I know it's not the Rose because the Rose is with the Pac-12 this year. 
uh, Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll be heading to Atlanta. Back to the Fiesta Bowl? Or, or, or they Glendale. Be, yeah, or that? Glendale. Yeah. Let's do Glendale. Or Let's do Glendale. Atlanta. I like that. I'd love to go to Atlanta and play in that, or go cover a game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium or whatever that, that thing is. Cool. I'd be fine with either of them, to be, be honest. Cool. It would be on a Saturday. Come and on, Utes, will do be it. Open. Do it, Utes. Okay, live, live up to the expectations. <laughs> We're calling you out, Utah. Kyle, don't let us down. And Kyle, we believe. Don't screw this up for us. Don't, Don't make us look up, stupid. <laughs> we yeah. already booked our flights to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> we got broads in Atlanta. Even if they don't make the college football playoff, just getting to a Rose Bowl would be so sure. cool. That, that's the goal for this season. That's, that's the what, goal. Well, all of those guys talked about because y- you want to build incrementally up to, you know, making it there. And these guys, you know, you're not going to take make the jump from losing in, in the Pac-12 championship game to suddenly – you know, your hope is to win a national championship, but realistically, the goal is the Rose Bowl. And I mean, the goal last year was to, to win the South. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, so now their goal is to actually win the championship outright and go to the Rose Bowl. So look, the, the Rose Bowl is within their control. They can't control the college football playoff, but if they do what we think they can do, they have total control over going to the Rose Bowl. There's no reason why they can't do this. Yeah. Looking forward to it though. So, um, yeah. Uh, camp starts on Wednesday, and uh, the, the season is right around the corner. We're what thirty two game thirty two days away. Yes, oh, thirty two days. Yeah, so I'm excited for football to be back um, next week on Sports Beat. We are going to do our Utah State football preview. We're going to have Matt Glade back in studio. If you guys remember, maybe the best podcast that we've had so far. Legendary. Uh, besides Ice Cube. Sorry, Matt. What, but, what, what about me? Well, Jeremiah, you're always great, but I you just Matt's rant about Game of Thrones <laughs> was so good. Yeah, That's a Sports Beat After Hours uh, stayer. That's staying here. Yeah, so so stay tuned with us. Utah State Football Preview next week. Um, yeah. We're going to have Jeremy Jordan and Spencer Linton joining us soon. Eventually, so we can feed you BYU Cougars fans. Blue um, Kool-Aid. Glug, we're going to talk about Blue Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> we got to put on the blue... Blue glasses. By the way, the I'm just I'm, I'm polishing off my 48 ounces of Utah Kool Aid. <laughs> it's uh, mm. Dr Pepper with cherry, and it is delicious. <laughs> well, thanks Jeremiah for coming on on the pod. Sure, and, yeah. Uh, I'm Hemi Jr. I'm Zach Hick, and good night, everybody.